absolutely love that song, Holy One. Okay, let's get started. The question for today is why? What is the point? So before we get started, we'll go into prayer about your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for waking us up today and watching over us as we slept through the night. Lord, we don't take for anything for granted. The life you have given us is so wonderful and precious. You created us in your image and for your purpose. May each of us continue to recognize that with every decision we make in our life, may we continue to draw nearer to you as we live for you. May we let self and unrighteousness die as we move and live by your spirit. Please forgive us for anything that is unlike you and that does not please you, seen or unseen. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever asked yourself, why should I even try to help people in the community? Because there's so much violence, people are not even trying to help themselves. Why? What's the point? Have you ever looked at the political battle between Republicans and Democrats and said, you know what? It is so much bickering and arguing that nothing is getting done. So why even vote? What's the point? Have you ever said life is too short? I'm going to live how I want to live and worry about only me and my family instead of worrying about what I should be doing for other people. Why? What is the point? Have you looked at all the things that plague this world, like famine and death and violence and lies and vanity and slothfulness and corruption, wars, hazardous storms and sickness, and thought, why even believe in God or live for him if this is all going to happen anyway? Like, why? What is the point? This take us. These questions take us to... The message today. If you are in a place where you are questioning why, what is the point when it comes to knowing and living for God and helping others, we will learn the point of it all. I always feel like in order to get the point of life itself, you must know why you were created. Why you were created. The Bible says, um, turn with me to Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Additional information you should know can be found. Turn with me to Colossians 1.16. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So after reading these two scriptures, we can clearly see we were created for God's purpose, not our own purpose. 
Now let's think about that for a minute. Imagine buying a crock pot, which was designed and created specifically for cooking food. But that crock pot malfunctions and starts acting like a match by burning the food, instantly destroying everything you put in it. What would you do? Some of us would try to fix the crock pot and some of us would just like throw it away. But the point is, it is not doing what it is was designed to do. So in contrast, God created us for his purpose. So in order for us to operate the way he intended, we must find out what that purpose is. So let's look at some scriptures that sums up the purpose. Turn with me to Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40. And it says, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So here we learn that the purpose God created us for was to love him with all of our heart and soul and then to love others. My friend, this answers the question, why? And what is the point of it all? One, we were created for his purpose. Two, that purpose is to love him, everything we are and everything we have, and also love others. So when the Bible speaks about love, let's see what it says love looks like. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13 says, Please turn with me in your Bibles there. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. It says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not arable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will come useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, 
but then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So when you look at the world and you see people doing the opposite of walking in love, like hurting one another, lying, cheating, stealing, or operating in greed, and never, never, ever um, having the desire to know the creator or even wanting to repent of their sins, you are seeing people who choose to live how they want and not according to what God intended. God does give us the ability to choose. He gives us a choice. Let's see um, where in the Bible where it says that. Let's look at De- Deuteronomy 30 verses 15 to 20. Now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if you your heart turns away and you refuse to listen and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Ah, this is it. The point of it all is we are supposed to live according to God's purpose. This truly is the key to life so that we may live a long life. There are three steps you need to take on top of loving the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and loving others. You have to accept the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. John 14, 6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. At the end of this message, you will have opportunity to pray and accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Read your word and pray is the second thing. May 4, Matthew 4, 4, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Therefore, you must read God's word. That's how he talks to you. And you must pray. That's how you talk to God. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 17 says that we must never stop praying. Number three, serve one another. Using your gifts, First Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Find out what your gift is so that you can serve one another. That concludes the message. If you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior and you want to get to know him, repeat after me. Dear Lord, thank you for giving me this day to accept you in my life. Come into my heart and become Lord and master of my soul.
I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, and I believe in your heart that you raised him from the dead. Save my soul in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer and you're giving your life to God, we would like to hear from you. Please fill out the form at www.tishope.org on how we may support you. Our contact form is there for prayer, for um, if you need us to send you information. Um, we also do things in the community like Feed the Homeless. So if you'd like to go out and join us, please fill out the contact form. Let us know how we can support you or if you would like to get involved. So I love you and may God bless you. See you on our next episode of the question for the day. God bless.